Welcome to the Twins Tale Podcast. I am Natalie Diaz, your host. I'm also the founder of Twiniversity and the author of What to Do When You're Having To. You know what, guys? In the past 10 years of being a twin parenting professional, I have met such extraordinary families. And the one thing that I have learned is that we could learn something from every single one of them. And that's what this podcast is about. We're going to meet families from all over the country in different stages of their twin parenting journey, and we're going to get an insider's look on what time their kids are going to bed, how do they deal with sibling rivalry, what is their biggest success to date. I can't wait for you to meet these amazing families. Guys, welcome to Twinstown. Today's Twin Tales podcast is brought to you by our friends at Zoe. Now, guys, for realsies, if you're a parent of twins, you got to get to know Zoe. Um, Zoe is a company that has so many incredible strollers for families with two, three, or even four kiddos in tow. I am not even kidding you. They totally have a stroller that could accommodate quads. We love the new Lux Twin Plus Stroller from Zoe, and it was actually voted the best side-by-side lightweight stroller in our 2020-20 awards. It's a really smart design, and the Lux Twin Plus allows you to easily fit through standard doorways and offers you the option to extend with your family by adding a triple or even a quad seat. So guys, you gotta go check it out. Go to learn more about the Lux Twin Plus. Just go over to zoestrollers.com and tell them Nat sent you. Actually, don't tell them that. They probably won't even care that I sent you, but they will be excited that you were visiting. (laughs) Good luck. Happy stroller shopping. Hey, welcome back. It's me, Nat. And today I want you to meet my friend Lucy. Now, I could literally go on for days about how awesome Lucy is. And I think I'd love her for a few reasons. Number one, originally an East Coaster. And then Lucy moved all the way to this tiny little section of islands called Hawaii. She's lived there for 16 years now and she's met a wonderful wife. They decided to have some babies. They got pregnant on their second IUI attempt and spoiler alert, it was twins. So seven months ago, these little babies were born. We're going to talk to Lucy the and get kind of all the scoop on how she's doing it. Because not only is she doing this in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, raising seven-month-old fraternal girls the way that a lot of people do, but her wife works so much. So she often is away traveling for work and Lucy is just holding down the fort with her puppies, the baby puppies, and also the her actual puppies, which are so sweet. So I just can't wait for you to meet Lucy and she's so chill and just relaxing and she is my spirit animal i'm dying to move to hawaii guys maybe someday so you ready all right here's lucy oh lucy aloha hi do you officially say aloha to people or are you still saying hi to people Uh, how is it on the island you say both i'm only gonna say aloha when i move there i'm never saying hello again (laughs) It's okay, official. You can say it for goodbye, also. Uh, it's the chow of Hawaii. <laughs> That's what, what it is. <laughs> Pretty much. 
oh, Lucy, seven months. You have seven-month-old 20s. You have been surviving a pandemic on the most glamorous of islands in the <laughs> history of our planet. Not the worst place to be during uh, a global pandemic. But it's not the best to have 20s that you just had while this whole thing is is going down. So first, congrats on making it seven months. Thank you. So that's a very big deal. I mean, now it's it's a little bit, well, you're in kind of the honeymoon phase. Or are they sleeping? Are they eating? How yes. how are things going today? Like, how's how's your day been? Well, it's early for you, but it's early. still. Um, it's been good. Um, they're asleep right now, so that's nice. Oh. Um. <laughs> what time yeah. are they getting up in the morning? Um, they get up around 6 a.m., 6.30 and um, then they have a bottle I, I exclusively pump for them right now so you. yeah um, so I usually pump before they wake up then I feed them their bottle um, we have some reflux and spit up issues so I usually put them in their little activity centers that, where they're standing up okay. for like 10 to 15 minutes just so they aren't rolling around right after yeah. they eat Good. Um, and then Right now, their favorite thing to do is just practice their crawling and sitting and just roll around like crazy. So they just get a ton of floor. Okay. Yeah, they're so cute. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's let's begin okay. now at the beginning. How was okay. your pregnancy? How, what was your initial thoughts when you saw that second heartbeat? Like, let's go way back. I know. Everybody, I see. I, I always wish that every single podcast could be a video podcast because when I say that, you just did it. Everybody does it. It's, a, uh, it's like an inhale. It's like, okay, let's talk about that. All right. So you end up finding out that you're pregnant. And how was it an interesting road to pregnancy or was it like, oops, I did it again that one drunken night on uh, Oahu? <laughs> well, I'm married to a woman, so it was not an That's oops. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. That would be a tough or that would be a lot. That would be to very talk. bad. Yeah. Yeah. That would that's not easy to explain. Right, right. So it was <laughs> it was very planned. <laughs> but um we did IUI, which is pretty much the turkey baster method. We did yeah. not do IVF. So, and um, my skit, my cycles were monitored. Okay. So they had told me when we did it that I had one egg. Okay. So I really, twins was not even in the back of our minds. And then when we went in to get the ultrasound, I think it was at five weeks. And as soon as we saw the lady was like looking around, we, both my wife and I were like, wait a minute, <laughs> what is that? And she just kept looking and then she's like twins. And I think I started crying. I was just Aww. freaking out. I, I mean, it wasn't a bad thing it was just such yeah. a shock and I just never in a million years imagined that there'd be two <laughs> but at the same time it could have been three or four yes. or yes. yeah it could have been a lot <laughs> in addition in addition to the old uh, turkey baser trick were you taking Clomid or yes, any no. okay <gasps> that's now, fire girl yes now you know hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably would not have taken Clomid not that I don't love having twins it's amazing but you know, now that I know, yeah, no clomid will be used in the future if we have any more. Okay. All right. <laughs> I oh, I, there's so much that I want to know about now. How did you decide who was going to carry the babies? Um, mostly because of my wife's job, she travels a lot, so it was just easier for me to okay. start off. And she, we kind of planned me to have one and her to have one, but now that we have two already, 
we'll have to see what happens <laughs> if we want to mm-hmm. have any more. Yeah. Okay. That is really interesting. I want to ask so many questions. I love my mom families. <laughs> I have a ton of them in New York. I don't know if our listeners are so used to it to me. I'm very used to it living in New York City. But did she try to breastfeed by any chance? She didn't. And if we had known that there was going to be a pandemic and a quarantine, maybe she would have because we've, she's been home a lot. Okay. But um, because she travels so much, we figured it really wouldn't work out anyway because yeah. she wouldn't be here a lot. But now looking back, I'm like, darn it, I wish we had tried that. It's all right. But, yeah. Next pandemic. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll save it. We'll save it Hopefully for then. Next twins. Next That's or it. next twins. That's I'm just literally knocking on wood about the next pandemic. Please, I could barely handle this one. Okay, so you um, you have your IUI. You see that second heartbeat. How was your pregnancy in general? Um, nothing serious happened until the end, but I really didn't feel well the whole time. Like the first trimester, I was pretty sick, throwing up constantly. I mean, it wasn't anything serious, but yeah. I just was kind of miserable the whole time. Oh. Yeah, that stinks. And how long did your pregnancy last when you made it? Um, to? I made it to 35 and a half weeks at 34 weeks. I started being really itchy and I told my doctor and she said, okay, well, we got a test for cholestasis. Yes. And then I ended up having it. So she's like, yes. okay, I, I really want to get these babies out. She thought okay. they were big enough and that they do fine. So I got the steroid shots. And then a couple of days later, um, scheduled let's, C-section. Let's talk about that for a second. So cholestasis in general, give us, give everybody a little insider information on how, what you felt, what the process was of getting it diagnosed, why it's important to get it treated. Okay. So I just, the main symptom that I had was I was really itchy at night, but I actually didn't really pay that much attention to it at first because I had been sort of itchy the whole pregnancy, like more itchy than normal, but I did start noticing like the palms of my hands and the bottom of my feet and my face. So, and then when I looked it up, it said that that's common in multiple pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, well, it's something I should at least mention. And my doctor really didn't think that I, I had it. And um, so you just go and you get a blood test and it's a, a test of your liver enzymes, I believe, because your liver's not functioning properly and then um, stuff can build up in your blood and it can be harmful to the babies. So when we got the results back, it wasn't terrible, but she said it's definitely elevated. She wanted to do another test. Mm-hmm. And then when she did the next test, it, it was getting worse. Mm-hmm. So she said, you know, I don't like how this is going because there's a risk yeah. of stillbirth. And since I was already 35 weeks at that point, she was like, I just feel better taking them out. Yeah. Well, your liver is your your filter. Yeah. So, you know, and not only is it dangerous for the babies, it's really dangerous for you. So, you know, in order for it to get to the babies, it has to go through you first. So it's what I think that cholestasis, it's not underdiagnosed, but it's under people don't call the doctor soon enough. Yeah. And because they're like, it's itching. What's the big deal? You know, but I don't know. It's for me, for the moms that I've worked with at Twiniversity that have had it, it was always kind of downplayed because it's like, eh, that's not that serious. You know, you know to look out for high blood pressure, headaches, swelling. You know, doctors typically don't always tell you, oh, call me if you're really itchy. Yeah. And I almost didn't even call the doctor. My wife was like, I think it's worth just mentioning. So she kind of pushed me to do that. Good. Yeah. Very, very good. Good. Okay. So you got diagnosed with that. The babies were born. Any NICU time, anything, or, or everybody just came home? Everybody just came home. We were really lucky. They were about four and a half pounds each. They were tiny, but they were super healthy and no nursery time, no NICU time. They were with us the whole time in the hospital. They did um, 
start losing weight. So they were a little concerned about that because one of them was going to get below four pounds. And they said, we don't okay. want you to go home if they're below four pounds. So they did have a supplement with formula for a day or two. Okay. And then we brought them home. Perfect. <laughs> and so you said that you've been exclusively pumping. Did you start pumping at the beginning or were you breastfeeding at the beginning and you're like, ah, this is just what I want to do now? Um, no, I was trying to breastfeed as best as I could. And I just was, you know, doing the triple feeding where they weren't getting enough when they were nursing. So I had yeah. to pump and then feeding with the bottle. And then like slowly, I just, we skipped that middle step of nursing. And then before I knew it, they were just drinking from bottles. And I, I kind of got upset about that because I wanted to nurse. Mm-hmm. So we um, had a lactation consultant come to the house and we tried really hard to get them to nurse, but it just, um, baby B was up um, really high in my stomach and transverse and her neck mobility isn't, wasn't great at the time. And so they said it was hard for her to latch. And so I just decided that it's okay. You know, I was just happy they were getting my milk. So after that, I've just been pumping ever since. Listen, it's, it's definitely, (laughs) so I'm an exclusive pumper too. So I'm in, I'm in the same category as you. So I don't want you to think that I am pooping on exclusive pumpers. It's just all, I couldn't get them to latch either. It's just, listen, I wanted to breastfeed them really, really bad. It just wasn't a possibility Mine were early. They were tiny. It just wasn't working out. But pumping is great. Thank God for breast pumps. Yeah. I don't know if I could hand express for twins, but I can no. certainly <laughs> double electric yeah. for twins. So with that, what has been your pumping routine? Do you always pump before the feed, after the feed? Are you washing your parts, you know, once a day, 12 times a day? What, As far as the logistics of exclusive pumping, what have you found works best for you? Um, the main thing that has helped me is I got a portable pump called the baby Buddha. And that has helped a ton because I can pump anywhere. If I have to, I can walk around, care for the babies. I try to pump when they're either napping or sleeping as much as I can, because that makes it way easier. Doesn't always happen. Um, at this point I'm on a, every four to five hour schedule mm-hmm. where six times a day, and then it's just easier for me to pump and then feed them that milk. Again, it doesn't always happen. It just depends. Like, I always have some milk in the fridge from overnight because I'm still waking up to pump at night because I'm kind of scared to drop that and have my supply go down. So then I have that milk in the fridge. So if whatever reason I miss my pumping, I can feed Mm -hmm. them that milk and just kind of wing it. But I've figured out (laughs) how to do it by now. (laughs) It's it's a dance is the (laughs) the way that I think about it. It really is. And that's good that you're getting up to pump in the middle of the night. And, you know, with breastfeeding, it's one of those uh, demand and supply. It's not the the other way around. So if you're pumping, you're just asking for more. And it's always good to have a few ounces in the freezer. It never hurt anybody. Makes me feel better. When did they start sleeping better through the night? So now you've gotten to seven months. Are they still getting up a little bit? Are they sleeping through the night? You know, what is, how do the overnights go in your home? Okay. So at about five and a half months, we decided we need to do sleep training. Cause I was just at four, they were sleeping pretty well up until four months. Then they had their regression. It was a disaster. They were waking up like three, four times. I was mm-hmm. feeding them every time. I'm like, these babies don't need to be fed four times a night. I know they don't. But I didn't really know what to do. So we decided to start sleep training at five and a half months. Ever since then, it's been a lot better. Um, I had I was doing a dream feed up until about a week ago, mostly okay. from because I like doing it. Because I just love going and getting them when yeah. they're sleeping and like cuddling them. And so, but I realized they're they're big girls now. They're like 16 pounds. They don't need a dream feed. So we just cut that out about a week ago. 
and they're sleeping from seven to six which is amazing yeah like our life has changed but they do like not every night is perfect and they'll wake up occasionally and cry out and we just kind of wait and see what they do they both sleep with pacifiers and if their pacifier falls out they'll kind of freak out but then now they can put it back in themselves Mm -hmm. so usually they'll they'll find one put it in and go back to sleep make sure that at seven months that you move to the next size pacifier I don't know if you've done that yet, but usually if this is kind of like the gray area between six and eight months, but there is a next stage pacifier. And all the thing that's different is that the bulb of the pacifier is further from the base. So it won't interfere with their teeth development. Okay. So, and they're, you know, three bucks or whatever each. They're not, it's not astronomical, but sometimes if you wait too long, it'll interfere with their little teeth coming in. Okay. My poor little babies. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Pacifiers are the best. You know, parents of twins in general, we use pacifiers more than singletons. So because you literally have to pacify your baby. There's yeah. no It's no kind of been a love hate with the pacifier, I will say. It's it hasn't been an easy journey with the pacifier. And I might if I could go back in time, I might have skipped the pacifier, but now that they can put it in themselves, we've reached yeah. like the promised land. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's good. And then I'm worried now about when we have to take them away. But that will be a while from now. No. You've got plenty of time. There's <laughs> yeah. plenty of time. They make them. They could have them for a while. They're not going to take their driving exam with uh, <laughs> with pacifiers in their mouth. Okay. So just, it's okay. It's okay. going to be okay. Now, I want to know, typically, parents of twins are very scheduled and regimented. However... Because of me knowing where you live, so you live in, on my favorite island, as I said, and not Manhattan. So in Hawaii, in general, I feel like the whole vibe, it's just aloha time. It's just a different universe. Forget about us actually being in different time zones. It's often, especially, you know, from a New Yorker, it's like being on a different planet. Mm -hmm. How have you managed the aloha lifestyle with the regimented schedule of 20s? It's been a challenge. I think in the beginning, we kind of resisted the regimented schedule, but it was kind of a disaster because we'd have one asleep, one awake, then the next, they'd switch places and we'd just have no breaks all day long. So we realized we really need to get these girls on a schedule. So we're not on a super strict schedule, but we do always put them down for naps at the same time. They go to bed at seven, that's a non-negotiable. And we keep an eye on their wake windows. So every day is not exactly the same, but they're usually awake about two, two and a half hours, sometimes three hours. And then we know nap. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever work with a sleep coach or did you like, how did you research what you were going to do about, you know, sleep training and all that? Did you just do what came naturally or did you follow some guide? Um, I read a few books and then I was looking at stuff online and we ended up taking the taking care of baby course. And that just really helped like nail down exactly what to do. And there was no guessing and no, it was hard. It wasn't easy. I will, I will say like I was crying <laughs> the first yeah. couple nights. It was really tough on me. Like my little heart was just breaking, but I knew that it was going to be for the best. And now I'm like, thank God we did that. I can't even yeah. imagine if we were still waking up three, four times a night. It is. It's really, really, really difficult because biologically when, you know, as uh, any mama, you're you're trained to respond to their cries. And now all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, we're like, listen, you can't run in when they're crying. They have to learn to chill, but it is a really, really tough challenge as a mom household. Did your wife have trouble with this as well? Not as much as I did. 
Okay. She was the voice of reason, like, it's okay, you know, just they'll be fine, they're safe, they're not going to be scarred for life. So I think just biologi- biologically, like, it affects me a little bit more to hear them crying. Yeah. So thankfully. It's tough. Yeah. Oh, she's your rock. I love yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. good. Okay. So they're, now that they're, they're here too, they're on, are you, did you start solids? Yes. They're, they're eating um, vegetables, fruit some eggs, we're trying to introduce some of the allergy foods, like peanut butter, stuff like that. They really, we would try ever since six months to feed them, and baby B would act like we just traumatized her (laughs) by trying to put food (laughs) in her mouth, like she was just not ready. But then in the last few weeks, they're both eating pretty well. They enjoy whatever I give them. So Have they had poi yet? They have not, and I'm kind of bummed. I know, I keep meaning, every time we go to the store, I keep meaning to get it and I forget, but they're going to have it. I can't even believe you. <laughs> I know. I'm, I will I'm not, not be telling <laughs> any fellow Hawaiians. Okay. <laughs> uh, we did a podcast and definitely go back to listen to this one. And the dad was Hawaiian and they lived in Washington and his name was Bo. I mean, I can remember okay. this conversation. They used to import poi and that's pretty much all their 20s ate. Yeah, I'm and sure so, they're going to love it. I like it. So. How could you not? It's, yeah. it's delectable. So, yeah. Um, so besides not introducing them to Poi and being the worst mother on the island, <laughs> no. um, how has the the solids really gone though? Have you had any? Have they had any food aversions? Like any allergies? What was your strategy on going in? Did you start fruits first? Did you start meats first? Did you have a game plan, or you would just like, ah, eh, this is what we're eating? Um, I had a little bit of a game plan. I really like the baby led weaning, but. It kind of went out the window. (laughs) I think sometimes with twins, like, it's just, I don't have the energy for that right now. And I don't think they're really ready. They don't have any teeth. And maybe I'm not ready just because I'm scared of them choking. But we started with just, like, an avocado mixed with breast milk, banana, some sweet potato. And then um, now I'm trying to do a mix of veggies and fruit. And um, I haven't given them any grains or anything like that yet just because I don't think they need it yet. And... Just kind of winging it, seeing. So far, yeah. they love everything. I don't think I've given them anything that they haven't liked. So that's yeah. Kind of that's really good. Yeah. How so are we're you just playing it by ear? Are you making everything yourself, or are you buying no. the sweet potatoes and everything? Some of it we make, and some of it we buy. Just depends it's what tough. we have in the house. Yeah, groceries could be could be a little bit challenging over there. Yeah. Um, is there anything from the mainland that you wish that you had while now that you're in your parenting stage of life? Um, not really. It's it's come a long way. Like the grocery stores here are are great, and we have Target now, and we have Walmart and Costco and everything. So we can get pretty much anything. Amazon Prime. Oh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. I love it. Thank God. That's how you know that you've evolved is when you have Amazon Prime. Yeah. I love that. Now, with this pandemic, unfortunately, you haven't been able to see your family much. Is there anything that you're doing to kind of keep your family in touch with the twinnies so that they grow up with having them in their lives, even virtually? Um, have you given much thought about that? Because we could still technically be locked down for, you know, more months and they could be taking their first steps and stuff like that. How have you been staying connected with your family so that they could see the the twinnies grow? A ton of FaceTime. We FaceTime them all the time. And we did take one trip to meet everybody. So they've met pretty much everyone once. So at least we feel like they know them. And Mm -hmm. now FaceTime, it's like, okay, I recognize them. I mean, 
the our families recognize the babies. The babies don't recognize them, but yeah, we just we try to FaceTime at least once a week, sometimes more. We just kind of like sit there and let them watch the babies, and hopefully we'll be able to visit soon. What's one thing that you're looking forward to? So you know, like, are you excited for them to? you know, start walking to learn how to surf for them to <laughs> feed their first stray chicken. What are, what are, what are some of the things that are, that you're excited about motherhood when it comes to your twenties? Um, I'm super excited for them to be able to talk and to have a two way conversation. <laughs> Cause I sometimes, you know, babies can be tough. Like, especially if I'm with them by myself, it's like a one man show. And I'm kind of shy and like introverted, so I get sick of hearing my own voice. So I'll be really excited when they can talk. And also like swimming, we've taken them in the ocean a few times and they really like it. Surfing, just all that stuff, just to be able to get out and do more with them would be really fun. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I love it so, so much. Now, besides that when they're getting older for kind of the the now you've you've gotten to this point if and when you meet another twin parent what is the one piece of advice that you would give them what's your big takeaway for you've made it seven months you know from the pregnancy through today what are what's a piece of advice that you would give a parent that you're like listen no matter what anybody tells you this is what I think is best because oh gosh um I would say just take one day at a time, if it, you know, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, try not to get overwhelmed by everything, having two babies, like just each day you can get through one day. Anyone can get through one day. You can get through one hour and then just, you know, worry about now, now, because I will get super overwhelmed if I start thinking about like, oh my God, I'm going to have two babies walking. We're going to have like, no, today they're not, (laughs) you know, just get through now and also, I would say, like, try to have a support system, even if it's just virtually. Yeah. Have people that you can talk to and vent to. And that makes a huge difference. Those two how, things. how do you think your relationship has changed with your wife since the 20s have gotten here? Oh, it's definitely changed. It's been tough. I won't lie. You know, with everything going on, like the pandemic and having the babies, it's been a tough year for sure. Um, we've struggled, but we just have to keep focus on what's important. And we have two healthy babies we live in Hawaii. We have a roof over our heads. So just have to keep that in mind. And the same thing, like just one day at a time. Yeah. We can get through one it's, day. I think that although it's getting easier for the 20s, I, I feel like if you look at, you know, historically just relationships in general, this is the time that it starts to get a little bit more challenging, regardless of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just make sure that you're spending time with her and being yeah. in love. Because ultimately, <laughs> that's all that we need to teach our kids is just yeah. what a good relationship looks like and what love looks like. Because, you know, they're only uh, we're only borrowing these 20s. Yeah. You will have to set them free someday. <laughs> Although that is a very upsetting thing to to think about. But it's true. As they get older, you start to realize how true that really is. And, you know, every little minute, their tiny little eyes are on you. And you just can't lose sight of that. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Okay, now gear. I love talking about gear. What are some of the things that you've loved so far? And you're like, holy crap, Nat! I can't believe we spent money on this. What has been some of your your favorite and least favorite gear items in your seven months of twinniness? Okay, I would say one of our favorite things is the Owlet sock. 
um, we had the babies in our room for the first couple of months and it just was really hard. Like they made so much noise and I couldn't sleep at all because I was just listening for them and they didn't really sleep well in their little bassinet. So we ended up moving them to their own room, which was just next to ours. So it wasn't far, but it was, I think at eight weeks and I would never have felt comfortable doing that, but we had the outlets on them. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, okay, if anything happens, at least I'll know and I can go right in their room. So we still use them to this day, but now they're starting to take them off themselves. <laughs> so that's a little bit more challenging. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let me think. Um, we have those skip hop activity centers. I think I mentioned mm -hmm. that. And those have been great since, since about six months, we've been putting them in there and then that keeps them busy if I need to run to the bathroom or do something. And also they can stay upright. So they haven't been throwing up quite as much. Um, and what's one thing that you, that you bought and it's still in the box in their room? Um, I don't really think anything. We, we were pretty conservative of the stuff that we bought and we kind of just bought stuff along the way when we realized that we need it. Mm -hmm. We haven't really spent money on anything we didn't need. I can't really oh, that's anything. so good. <laughs> I love that. I love that idea. Good. I love that so much. Yeah. The Owlet Sock for for the app, is it, do both 20s, are are they on the same thing? Is it two separate things? Just, I'm, I feel like I know everything, but I don't know anything when it comes to the Owlet Sock. It's one of those, um, I personally had to come home, not me personally, but my twins had to come home on an apnea monitor, which virtually is the Owlet right. Sock, but medical version mm -hmm. of it. So how were you able to um, to track everything that was happening with them? Like, how does that work? It's There's literally app, a little sock that goes on. It's a little on sock that Velcro's right? on their foot, yep. And there's an app that's on your phone. It can be on multiple phones, multiple iPads. And then there's little stations in your room. And they can both be on the same app. And it just tracks them both. And you can look on the app. Like, if you get nervous, you can see, like, okay, they have 99% oxygen. Their heart rates are great. You can see mm -hmm. each one. It also tracks their sleep. I don't think it's completely accurate, but it gives you an idea of like, oh my God, they were awake every hour or they were yeah. sleeping great. Um, and then if anything, if the oxygen gets too low or the heart rate, it'll alarm. And it also, one thing that I like is if just the placement of the sock is off, yeah. like, and it's not getting a good reading, it has, a, it just plays a song. So, you know, like it's not an, an emergency. It's just not getting the reading. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, another question. I've seen the giant beast um, wandering your backyard. So with <laughs> with a very large dog, what did you do to introduce the the big beast to the 20s? Um, we actually have two dogs and a cat. I only big. saw she's, one. Yeah, I, one's locked up because she's bad. Oh, no. <laughs> so, we, so we have a border collie. She's right here. Um, we just, when we brought the babies home, we just let them sniff them. The border collie's 10, so... She's real mellow, and we knew she'd be good with the babies. And they are in such a cute stage. They love watching the dogs. Like, they start laughing hysterically. They start, like, it's just so cute. So if they're fussy, I'll just call the dogs, and the, the girls will just watch them walk around the, the living room or walk around the yard, and they think it's the funniest thing ever. So, <laughs> yeah, it's so That's cute. their own reality yeah. show for dogs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're going to love them. And once they grow up and they realize those are their dogs, yeah. that's going to be so sweet. I know. I, can't oh, wait. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Lucy, you are the absolute best. And to take time away from a nap to talk to me <laughs> is just crazy. You are nuts. You should have been relaxing in a hammock, be looking at a palm tree behind you. Just look at the sky for me and be like, Nat would love this right now. She would, let me breathe in this air. Nat would love this air. So yeah, just know I'm, I'm moving to you soon. 
Get ready. Yeah, I have. I have it set on my Zillow alerts. I am no joke. Kailua is where it's one of the zip codes that tells me when there's a new house for sale. The taxes are so low, I can't control myself. That's my favorite part about it. I was like, we could totally do this. Yeah, but the two million dollar houses yeah, are the much are quite high. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's location, location. I love this, and I love that you're raising your twenties there. And I hope that you let us um, check in with you just to kind of see how they're growing. And even if a year goes by, I have to know. Like, honestly, you're going to be like somebody that I'm thinking about. I'll be like, I wonder how the 20s are. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a, a tax deductible trip. I have to go check on Lucy's <laughs> kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. my God. Lucy, I love okay. you so much. Thank you so much for playing with us today Thank and for giving us a little Thank you so much for having me. Advice. This is so fun. It's like talking to a celebrity. <laughs> oh, please. Please. You are the celebrity. You are. I would change places in a second. Um, guys, if you are um, like, what am I going to do now? How do I find Lucy? I have more questions about Hawaii. What is Kailua zip code? Email us at community at twiniversity.com. We'll give you all of that information. And don't forget to follow us on all social platforms just at Twiniversity. We're very boring. We have nothing special. We're just literally at Twiniversity. And do not forget to subscribe because just like Lucy's fun 20s, you're not going to want to miss anybody else's 20s. So until next time, guys, see you later, alligators. Hey friends, it's Julie, the Twiniversity Wizard, and I am here to tell you about a new class that we just released that I think you are really going to dig. It is called the Complete Baby Safety Course. Now this course is on demand, which means that it's a series of videos that you could take on your own schedule at any time of the day or night. And you and your partner can watch it together, you could watch it separately, you could share it with grandma, your nanny, it's gonna be great for the whole family. So what's included in the course? Infant, toddler, and child CPR. Infant, toddler, and child choking, also known as the Heimlich Maneuver. You're also going to learn first aid for uh, infants, toddlers, and children. Car seat safety for those ages as well. And child proofing, how you're gonna get your house ready for when your babies start moving around, right? So the class is offered as a three-month access or a five-year access. I really feel like the five-year access is gonna be phenomenal for you because you're gonna be able to go back and watch it whenever you need to. You can come back every year on their birthday and watch it again uh, to refresh on CPR methods and to figure out like, oh no, we're moving from infant seats to convertible seats. How does that work? So for more information, visit twiniversity.com safety and I hope you enjoy it.